In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I mentioned in our earlier service that I am always delighted to preach at a church that has Christ in its name. And what a blessed privilege it is to be at Christ Church. It just makes me feel right at home. It makes me feel at home because Jesus of Nazareth is the most consequential person who ever lived. Someone has said all of the armies that have ever marched, all of the navies that have ever sailed, all of the parliaments that have ever sat all of the kings and queens that have ever reigned have not made the impact upon humanity as has that one solitary life. And the very name of your church reminds us of that reality. I'm just elated that you are as close geographically to the U.S. Capitol as you are. <laughs> Praise God. Now, today we are focusing on our gospel lesson uh, that was read uh, in your hearing. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap our blessed Lord in his words. These are church folk doing this. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity. Watch out when folk are flattering you when they are about. We know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. You're impartial. You're magnificent. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me. They were trying to put him on the horns of an impossible dilemma. If he said, yes, pay taxes to Caesar, they knew that there would be many in Judaism who would be very upset about that, particularly the temple tax. And there's a great history behind that. If he said, no, don't pay taxes to Caesar, they could then report to the Roman authorities, this man is a seditionist. There's no way out, they thought. We finally, we've, we, we have him. Jesus said, by the way, just told three parables uh, that pointed out that the religious leaders were not exactly kosher. So <laughs> tell us your opinion. But Jesus, knowing their intent, said, show me the coin used for paying the tax. I had to fight uh, not using the title for this message, show me the money. But anyway, show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius and he asked them, whose image, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, 
So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. No wonder I find myself loving him so, for no one ever seemed able to speak with the power and, and profundity that he did. So I've given a tag to our gospel message, learning to rightly divide church and state. Learning to rightly divide church and state. Second Timothy 2.15 says, attempt to present yourself a workman or woman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you can rightly divide the word of truth, duh, you can wrongly divide the word of truth. You can actually, if you cherry pick, prove almost anything you want to from scripture as the devil tried to do on the mountain of, of, uh, of temptation in the wilderness when you know he had his encounter with our Lord. Okay? So uh, you can wrongly divide the word of truth by cherry picking. For instance, Matthew 27, five says, Judas hanged himself. Luke 10, 37 says, go thou and do likewise. You can, you, can, you can pretty much prove anything you want to, okay? So when Jesus said to, some of you will get that on the way home, but anyway, when, <laughs> Je, when, when, Jesus, when Jesus says, when Jesus says to the devil in the wilderness of temptation, when the devil says to him, since you are the son of God, first class condition in the Greek, Turn these stones into bread. The transcendent should not go hungry. Jesus responds, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So on the next temptation, the devil says, you're a scripture quoter. I'm a scripture quoter too. Cast yourself down off of this precipice. Well, the folk will see you floating down. The Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come from his temple and they will be excited. You can be the Messiah now and, and for it is written, says the devil, 91st Psalm, he shall give his angels charge concerning you and they shall bear you up lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. You can wrongly divide the word of truth. And so we need to learn to rightly divide what God intends for us to know regarding church and state. God intended and does intend for government to be a blessing. I know that may shock <laughs> some of you, but that is the word of God. Romans 13 verses 1 and onward states, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. Wow, that almost sounds hyperbolic. 
Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Whoa. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong, do you want to be free from fear of one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's, whoa, the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoers. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why Here's something that's going to shock you. This is also why you pay taxes. Whoa. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. It is. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor than honor. After the 2016 election, I went to a church to preach, and everybody was talking about 45, 45, 45, and I didn't catch on. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. So finally, I said, what, 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 why is everybody saying 45, 45, 45? And they said, the pastor said to me, he said, uh, well, that's to avoid saying a name that will not be named. I said, <laughs> I said wow, I, I, you know, I know a little bit about Harry Potter, but really, is, is, this, is this where we're going to? 45, 45, so in my sermon, you know, once you got the mic, uh, in my sermon, I asked the people, I said, um, how many of you believe that God had anything to do with this recent election? I think one hand went up, okay? Then I said, how many of you believe that God had anything to do with Nebuchadnezzar, crazy guy, being king of Babylon? Almost every hand went up. I said, Daniel chapter one, verse one says, God gave Jehoiakim, good king Jehoiakim, into the hands of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. That is why Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ended up in Babylon because God's providence enabled Nebuchadnezzar to conquer Judah. So be very, very careful when you do not give honor to whom honor is due. I then challenge this congregation at the end of my message, to say the name 
of the President of the United States. They did it, as Paul says in one of his letters to the Corinthians, grudgingly and of necessity, <laughs> but they said the name. God intended for government to be a blessing. So how do we learn to rightly divide church and state? One, understand that you have dual citizenship. Philippians 3.20 says, our citizenship is in heaven. And yet the passage that I just read in Romans chapter, uh, in Romans chapter 13 verses one through seven makes it very clear that we also have a citizenship in this world. <sighs> Spoiler alert, this earth is not going to last forever. Revelation chapter 21 verses one through five says, and I saw a what kind of heaven? A, there it is, biblically literate. Well done, okay? I saw a, this is the seer of Patmos, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, adorned as a bride, prepared for her husband. This earth, as we know it, will not last forever. And depending whether you're an amillennialist, a postmillennialist, wherever you are, we are not going to spend eternity in heaven, but we will spend eternity in the new earth. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Understand that you have dual citizenship. Secondly, support your nation for the benefits and services you received. And we, we talked a little bit about that. Pay your taxes, you know. Give to everyone what you owe them. Revenue, etc. respect. I grew up in the inner city of Baltimore, Maryland, I don't know where we would have been without public assistance. We, we subsisted. My five siblings and I subsisted, and later on my, my seven siblings and I subsisted. We subsisted on that government uh, cornmeal and government cheese. By the way, some of the best macaroni and cheese you will ever have. I, I wish you could buy that government cheese, but we're not gonna go there. I don't wanna diss craft. But anyhow, so, 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 so support your nation for the benefits and services you receive from them. We see Daniel doing that. Remember in Daniel chapter two, when Nebuchadnezzar was going to kill all of the wise men. And Daniel said, why is the king hasty? Well, number one, Daniel was one of the wise men. Why is the king hasty? Give my friends and me an opportunity to pray about it and we'll be just fine. And they prayed and God told them the dream that Nebuchadnezzar forgot. So you can support government through your prayers. Esther saved her people from genocide through fasting and prayer. By the way, fasting is a powerful way for you to support 
your nation because fasting is a way to humble yourself. David said in Psalm 35, verse 13, I humbled myself through fasting. Esther said to Mordecai when he said, girlfriend, we, we in trouble. You got, that's what it says in the Hebrew. Girlfriend, we in trouble. <laughs> he said, you got to do something. Esther said, this is counterintuitive. My maidens and I will fast. You fast. We're going to do it for three days. And then I will go before the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. The power of fasting. Nineveh avoided the judgment of God. Remember Jonah showed up and said it's over in 40 days. God's going to nuke the place in 40 days. And the king called to fast. Everybody prayed. Even the animals didn't get any food. And God turned aside the judgment and saved 120,000 Ninevites whom the Bible says did not know their right hand from their left. You can support your government through spiritual warfare. After the most recent presidential election, lawmakers, senators, chiefs of staff, and others on Capitol Hill began to fast and pray from the time of the, the, of, of the election was over and we fasted and prayed. Twice a week, we did the Wesley fast. Some of you may know John Wesley would not ordain a preacher who did not do the Wesley fast twice a week. The Wesley fast is you don't eat anything until 4 p.m. It's intermittent fasting, and there's empirical in data that it actually contributes to longevity. Wesley lived almost 90 years of age in a day long before angioplasty and, you know, all of the fancy stuff that we have today. So intermittent fasting, lawmakers did that, and we did that and said we're going to do it until the votes are certified. So we were fasting and praying through January 6th when the Israel-Hamas war broke out. Lawmakers, again, your senators, Philippians 4.22, there are saints in Caesar's household. Your chiefs of staff, those folk so close, almost th you can throw a rock and hit the building, okay, uh, have begun to fast and pray. Now, I do intermittent fasting almost on a daily basis now because waiting until 4 o'clock is not a big deal with me. By the way, you can have a little coffee or lemon and water. You can cheat, you know, but... You, you know, it's a inter Google intermittent fasting sometimes. There is power in it. It is no accident that our Lord, before he encountered the devil in the wilderness of, of temptation, used fasting and prayer. He says to us in Matthew chapter 6, talking about uh, our Father, when you fast, not if. He said, when you fast, don't, don't let everybody know you're fasting. <laughs> He said, put some oil on your face, comb your hair, and don't go around singing, nobody knows the trouble of... Don't do that. Don't do that, he says. Okay. Now, no Negro spirituals for your fasting time. All right. So, you, 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 if you're going to learn to rightly divide the word, understand that you have doership, uh, citizenship, support your nation for the benefits and services you, particularly spiritual warfare. 
That's what 2 Chronicles 7.14 is talking. If my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray. It's humbling is that fasting. I humbled myself through fasting, Psalm 35, verse 13. And then finally, pledge to God your ultimate obedience and commitment. When your allegiance to God and your allegiance to country collide, God gets the nod. When what Caesar demands and what God demands collide, God gets the, uh, the nod. Acts 5.29 says, you ought to obey God rather than humanity. And so Daniel, who had worked out a win-win for the execution of all of the wise men, he also worked out a win-win in Daniel chapter 8.1 when he said, you got to eat the king's food and drink the king's wine. He worked out a win-win, test us for 10 days and see. I'm glad the king is interested in, in physical fitness. So let's just test us. And remember, they were healthier than every, everybody else in the program. So you can work out win-wins. We, we, we're not trying to be martyrs. Romans 12 says, prevent your bodies a living sacrifice. God wants some living sacrifices. But when it came to bowing down to the image in the plain of Dura, in Daniel chapter 3, 17, when you hear the music, everyone has to bow. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, this is colliding with our allegiance to God. You have to pledge to God your ultimate obedience and commitment. And they said, we prefer to burn than bow. In fact, they were downright disrespectful to Nebuchadnezzar. When they went into Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel 3, 7, O king, we are not careful how we answer you. Our God is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we burn before we bow. So this is what I want to challenge you to do. We're living in some crazy times. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. Oh my, they almost started shouting, Pastor. Okay, we are living in some crazy times. In fact, I find myself thinking about what David said. I would have fainted had I not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Okay. I want to challenge you to do a Wesley fast once a week. I'm not asking you to do what the preacher does, okay? Once a week. Don't eat anything you know, until four. You can have your, your caffeine, you can have your lemon water, you can have your tea, you know, but don't eat anything until four and focus on praying for the two wars that are going on now in the world that we are connected with, okay? Uh, the, the Ukrainian conflict and now the conflict in the Holy Land. Please, I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you for, for, you know, I'm begging, Pastor, you know. <laughs> Please, if you can, make a commitment once a week I'm going to push back the natural in order to have access to the supernatural. If Esther could fast and pray with her maidens for three days, 
we ought to be concerned enough with all that is going on that is crazy. And I believe that just as the fasting and praying we did before January 6th, the fasting and praying, we started fasting and praying when the Russian tanks were headed for Ukraine. And military experts were saying it will be over in a matter of days. I'm a retired two-star admiral, so I have contacts. So chaplain, it's not going to last, but fasting and praying. Our Lord said in Matthew 17, verse 20, this kind comes out but by fasting and prayer. May I pray for you? Would you bow your heads? I'm going to ask, because I want to pray for those who will agree, <laughs> at least try for the first week. I'm going to set aside a day of doing the Wesley fast, not eating anything until four, by the grace of God, to put, to support my nation, to render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. We have power. We, intercession can do it. God says if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from evil, he will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. And I'm going to ask you, I, I know this is old school, if you're willing to make that commitment, if you'll just, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, just raise your hand so that I can pray for those who are lifting their hands. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You're encouraging an old man today. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for the encouragement you have given to me from the courage of the saints who say by their uplifted hands, I'm pushing back the natural in order to have access to the supernatural. And they're going to be praying for these two wars. Hear their prayers, O Lord, and grant them their request in that name that is above every name, the matchless name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen. God bless you.